Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Hello, my name is Paul Washer and welcome back to our study in the book of Proverbs. Uh, Today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 5 through 9, hopefully. And uh, what I want to do is I want to begin reading in verse 1. We'll read from Proverbs 4, verse 1 to verse 9. Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, then he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Now we get to our text. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom, and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And, and remember, um, young people, uh, prayer is not just something you do after you read the word. It's absolutely necessary. Um, the word is necessary as God speaks into our life. Prayer is necessary as we make our petitions and our needs known to God. Now, you may say, well, God knows that I need to grow and God knows that I need wisdom. So why should I ask him? Because he tells us to. And it allows us to see answers, returns on our prayers. So when we pray, uh, don't think it's just something that uh, Brother Paul is doing because it's what you do. I'm doing it because none of this is going to be any good today unless the Lord helps us not only helps me, but helps you when you listen. So let's pray. Father, again, we call upon you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we need you. Every good thing that has ever come to us And every good thing that has ever happened in our life and through our lives comes from you through the one mediator, Jesus Christ. Father, we need your help today to simply do this devotion, to understand the text, to apply it to our lives. And most importantly, Lord, we need your grace to obey. I think, Lord, of how much that I know and how little of what I know 
that I practice with maturity and consistency. So, Lord, please help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we get to our text, let's just do a quick review of the first four verses in chapter 4 because it's, it's been a while. So, hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. So, look what we see here. He says, hear and give attention. It's, it, it's, he's repeating himself, but there's a reason. When something is important, when you want to draw attention to something, you're going to repeat it. If you were walking in front of a train and didn't know it, I wouldn't whisper to you that you're walking in front of a train. I would say it quite loudly and I would repeat it over and over. Because it's important. So let's go on. He says, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father and give attention that you may gain understanding. Now look at the idea of instruction of a father. If you're a father and you're listening to this, you need to realize something. One of your primary responsibilities as a husband and a father is to instruct your children. Even if you do not necessarily have the gift of teaching, you should be taking your children to a place, a church, where the scriptures are expounded. You should be taking them to uh, activities, possibly, where the scripture is promoted. But most importantly, as a father, you need to sit down and instruct your children in the word of God. And you need to be an example of that word to them. Verse two, for I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. Now, the only place that we find truly sound teaching with regard to God, inerrant teaching, teaching that has no error in it at all, we find it in the scriptures. And so if you're a father, you need to be teaching the scriptures. And if you're a child, a son or a daughter, you need to be studying the scriptures so that you can not only study along with your parents, but you can also reinforce the things that they're teaching you. Verse three, when I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother. Now, the word tender here, it kind of goes together with youth and uh, it means malleable that someone uh, can be influenced, can be changed, can be swayed. For example, um, I used to spend a lot of time in the woods when I was a young man. And if you find a sapling, you could do all kinds of things with it. As a matter of fact, we would bend saplings over and tie them together and make tents. But you can't do that with a hundred-year-old tree. In the same way, young person, you need to be in the Word of God now because you're still malleable. It's so much easier to to learn and to to change and to reinforce that change when you're young so that you start godly patterns now that will guide you through the rest of your life. Verse four, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Now here again is something for the father and something for the child. Father, the things that you teach your commandments, your words, they have no authority unless they are according to the word of God, according to the scriptures. Even for, for preachers, we need to realize something. Our authority, we have authority only to the degree that we correctly interpret, expound and explain God's word. Now, 
But for the young person, for the child, look, look what we have here. He says, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments. So I, I want you to look at two things and we'll see this over and over again. One is you must acquire, you must learn. You must understand certain things. And yes, it is a duty. And yes, sometimes it is very, very difficult. But you need to expend the energy because your life depends on it. But not only must you uh, learn things and practice things, you must persevere in them. He says, keep my commandments. Let your heart hold fast my words. You know, throughout the Bible, we often see this word. In, an, in the form of an admonition. Remember, remember, remember. Now, why does it say that so often? Because we're so prone to forget. And so, yes, we must learn. But it seems like we not only need to expend energy in learning, we need to expend energy in maintaining, holding on to what we have learned. And now we come to our text. And what we're going to do here is we're going to look at the do's and the don'ts and the promises of wisdom. Now, in this first study, we're probably going to look at the do's. What should we do with regard to wisdom? And the first thing we see here in verse five, look what he says. Acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. So the first thing, let's identify what we have here. We have wisdom and understanding. Now I want to give you a simple definition again of wisdom. It is, in a sense, it's God's truth. It's God's view of the world, God's view of reality. It's the way reality truly is. You know, so many people today have all sorts of problems because they have a wrong view of reality. What is really right? And the only way you and I can know reality, especially spiritual reality, is through God's word, God's revealed wisdom. But it's not just understanding it or knowing it or having insight into it. It's also the ability to apply what we know. You know, a person can know a lot of things. Um, sometimes uh, a person will come to me and say, can you teach me how to shoot a, a longbow? And I'll say, well, do you have any experience shooting a longbow? And they say, no, but I've read some books. And that's good. They have knowledge maybe of where to put their hand, of how to hold the string, of how far to pull it back, what to do with their elbows, what to do with their center of their back, all these different things, how to stand. But the application of those truths take practice. So when we talk about wisdom, we're not just talking about studying, even though that is essential. We're talking about then practicing. As we have to grow in knowledge, we also have to grow in our ability to apply that knowledge correctly. So he says, acquire wisdom. Then he goes on, he says, acquire understanding. Understanding, in a way, uh, we need to be very, very careful because he's talking about the same things. But the, the idea here more has to do with knowledge, uh, insight. And again, it's not just knowing facts about God or knowing facts about his commands, but also the, the ability, the insight, the understanding to apply those things 
correctly to our lives. So what are we to do? We're to acquire wisdom and acquire understanding. Now, the word acquire, it, it not just means like acquire something, get something or obtain something. The word is also used with regard to buying something or purchasing something. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Um, what do we buy? Well, sometimes we buy things we don't need. Sometimes we buy things that are harmful, but we usually regret it and we rebuke ourselves when we do it. But, but the normal is this. We buy things that we desire and we buy things that we need. Well, there is nothing you need more than wisdom. And hopefully as you study God's word, your desire for wisdom will grow so that you'll seek to buy wisdom, to obtain wisdom above all other worldly things. So I want us to look at two verses that I think are really, really important. Proverbs 23, 23 is the first one. I'll give you a little time to turn there. Proverbs 23, 23. It says buy, and it uses the same word as we have in acquire in chapter four. It says buy truth. And do not sell it. Get wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Now, of course, you can't buy truth. But this is, this is an, an illustration, and a very, very helpful illustration. Um, for most of us, we don't have a lot of money. And so if we're going to buy something, we're very careful to buy what we need or what we want. And what he's saying here is take your resources, take your time, take your effort, and do what? Use that to purchase wisdom, to gain wisdom for yourself. You know, I tell my children, I say, look, it's okay to, uh, to play. It's, it's, all, it's okay to have different activities and different entertainments. That's all fine. And it, it can be a good way to rest, I suppose. But here's what I want you to see. Most young people and most adults spend a great amount of time wasting time. And again, I want to tell you that diversion, um, having fun can be very, very important. But so many people waste so many hours of the day when they could be obtaining wisdom, the knowledge of God, understanding. They could be growing in righteousness. And so I want you to look at your own life. How is it with you? How much time do you actually spend doing what is being commanded here? Because I don't want you just go, oh, I did that study. That's wonderful. Because it's not just about me giving you information. It's about your transformation. Are you going to respond? And again, I want you young person now listen to me very carefully because there's always it seems like everybody's at an extreme all the time. And even when I teach things, I have to be kind of afraid that people don't take what I've taught and then take it to an extreme. And that is when I say that you really need to spend time in the word and prayer and you really need to spend time growing in your knowledge of God and the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God's will. When I say that, I mean that. And at the end of the day, we need to kind of take a, a little bit of accounting and sit down and go, how did I spend my day? 
Yet at the same time, don't take what I'm saying and drive it to an extreme. I've known people who would get mad at anyone who didn't converse about the Bible. If they if they talked about sports or they talked about the weather or they talked about their hobby, a person would walk away from them. That's 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 not what I'm talking about. There are all kinds of wonderful things to do. There are all kinds of wonderful things to talk about. But if the most important thing to you is not knowing God, then yes, there is a problem. And, and young people, listen to me. How much time do you actually spend talking about God and his will with other young people? Now, again, you can talk about all kinds of wonderful things, but how much time in all your talking are you actually talking about God, about Christ, about the most important things in reality? Okay, so he says, buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, instruction and understanding. Now, again, now look at this. He says, buy truth, do not sell it. Okay, I've met people who who kind of begin really well. And as a matter of fact, they begin um, with a great deal of zeal. They're very zealous and and they, they want to know the Bible and they want to know the word and they want to pray and they want to be serious in their Christian walk. And then a couple of years later, you run into them and you find out they've sold everything. That they're no longer really concerned for the things of God, but the things of God have been replaced in their life. So again, Look what it's saying. Not only must we acquire wisdom, we must hold on to it. We must make sure we're holding on. And it's not, take it from an old man, it's not as easy as it sounds. Now there's another passage, and is very important in Proverbs 17, 16. Why is there a price in the hand of a fool to buy, again the same word, wisdom when he has no sense? Now, when you read that, you're, you're thinking possibly, well, is it hopeless? If, if I'm foolish, if I'm young and foolish, is it hopeless? Because even if I try to get wisdom, I won't be able to get it. No, that's not what it's teaching. Because all throughout the Bible, it's telling you that if you are young and foolish, you don't have to remain that way. Wisdom cries out to you and says, come, listen, learn. So what does it mean? It, it means this that our ability to acquire wisdom must be cultivated. It must be cultivated. As you seek wisdom in the word of God, you're going to become better and better at it because you're going to be able to compare scripture with scripture. You're going to have a clearer understanding. So, so, Someone who just says, I don't really care about the word of God. I don't really care about godliness or anything, but I want to be wise. That's just not going to work. If you want to be wise, you have to cultivate your ability to learn wisdom by seeking to learn wisdom. How do you learn how to ride a bike? By riding a bike. And the more you ride the bike, the better you become at riding a bike. For example, when I took my, my daughter rowing, uh, Rowan out uh, hunting or in the woods for the first time, even before we hunted. And I said, look out across there. We're in deep woods. I said, look out across there. Now tell me where have the deer moved? 
she, she couldn't she couldn't tell why she had not cultivated the ability to do that and then i said well now i want you to do something for me i want you to look and see can you see any faint path where maybe more sticks are broken where maybe the ground is run down a little bit where more leaves are moved out of the way and she'd look and look and she says, yes, right over there. Is that what you're talking about? I said, yeah, it's very faint. You don't see tracks or anything, but you see that. And then eventually what happens? She's able to walk through the woods and go, well, this is where the deer are running right through here, dad. You see, she cultivated that in the same way we must cultivate uh, our ability to study the scriptures and to glean from the scriptures. Let me give you another example. When I was in Peru, there was a place called Acerradero, and there was a, a river, not very deep, but it ran really fast, not very wide, but a river that ran right by there. And um, we went fishing in there, but you fish a little bit different than what you'd think. You wade out in there, the water's only about, I don't know, two and a half feet deep, and you get your hands under the water and you look for rocks. It have kind of where underneath the rock, the sand has been moved away and there's a hole. And then what you do is you flip that rock, you reach into that hole and you try to pull out a fish. Well, at first, if I hadn't been with my other Peruvian brothers, I would have starved to death. Why? I, I couldn't catch anything. I mean, I'd flip over rocks and fish would get out of my hands or I wouldn't be able to even grab a hold of them. They laughed, everything else. But as the time went by, I was able to not be as good as they were, but I was able to catch fish and eat. I had to cultivate that ability through how? How? Through practice, 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 practice. So this is something that is very, very important. He says in, in verse 5, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Now look at how he's repeating it. You say, maybe you tell your mom, especially your mom, mom, why are you repeating things? Well, she's repeating them be either because they're very, very important or because you didn't listen the first time. And since we're so prone not to listen, it's very important for the Bible to repeat itself. Now, I've, I've already pointed out, look here in verse five, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Now go down to verse seven. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. So the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. What does that mean? Um, let's say that that someone wants to make um, their the first thing they want to learn is how to make a lot of money. <laughs> um, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. But here's the problem. If you learn how to make a lot of money, but you don't learn wisdom first, then probably if you are able to make money, you're going to lose it. If you are able to make money, it's not going to make you happy. It's not going to cause you to enter into flourishing or fruitful relationships with other people. You see, wisdom is the beginning. 
So if, and, and we can expand that because what I want you to see is when you study the book of Proverbs, I want you to see that we're talking about more than just the book of Proverbs, more than just principles. Uh, the greatest wisdom is Christ. Uh, the greatest knowledge is the knowledge of God. Uh, the greatest understanding you can have is understanding with regard to the gospel. And so what I want you to see is, is if you go out and try to acquire so many things, you know, I want to be a good athlete. I want to be strong. I want to be a good hunter. I, I want to make money. I want to do this. I want to have a good marriage. All these things literally fall apart without God's wisdom. And that's why he says, look at verse seven, the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. Now, there's two possibilities here in the Hebrew. He could be saying the primary thing is wisdom or the beginning of wisdom. Either way, the first thing that you need to think about is wisdom and not just the principles of the book of Proverbs. So I'm talking about wisdom. The first thing you need to understand, who is God? Who am I? What has God done for me in Christ to redeem me? And then from there, going out and going, what is the will of God? How then shall I live? Now, in uh, the New English Translation Translator notes, that they, they make a statement that I just wrote down because I thought it was just so concise and so... Uh, well said, the point is, from all that we've talked about thus far, really we've only talked about verse 5 and, and verse 7 a little bit, the point is that no price is too high for wisdom. Give everything for it. Now think about that. Now, um, this is the point where when I'm teaching my children, and they're sitting just a, a few feet from me. It's when, and I've done this, just, just out of fun, is reached over and grabbed one of them by the collar and look him right in the eye and say, are you listening to me? Don't just say, yes, Dad. And for you, don't just say, yes, Brother Paul. It doesn't matter if you say yes. Are you actually going to act on it? Remember what Jesus said. It's not just someone who hears his word. But someone who hears the word and acts upon it, that builds his house upon the rock. And so, again, let me say what's in the New English translation. The point is that no price is too high for wisdom. Give everything for it. Why? Because it's the foundation of everything. We go back to Jeremiah 9, can't we? Let not rich men boast of their riches or strong men of their strength or even worldly wise men boast of their worldly wisdom. Well, then who can boast? It says, if someone's going to boast, let them boast in this. That they know me, God says, that they know me. All right, well, we're going to bring this lesson to a close right here. We didn't get really far, but we're not on a timetable. Uh, you needed to hear this. I needed to hear it. So God bless you, and I look forward to our next lesson. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.